0: Welcome to the Free Play Arcade Podcast. I'm Chris Delp. I am being joined by Free Play CEO Corey Hyden. That is me. And Free Play C O O, Richard Tregilgus.
1: That is me. <laughs> He finally got it. He's like 99% of the way there. Well, that's the end of our
2: podcast. <laughs> thank you.
1: That was, uh, thank you for tuning in. This We're going
2: to do an hour of Chris trying to say my last name.
0: Make yeah, sure you gonna be a montage in about three years of me butchering your name. For so more sorry. of
1: this impressive content, please <laughs> click subscribe. If you're at YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast, you can subscribe and hear more of this awesome, awesome Trogilgus pronouncing, uh, which was actually good because I married a Trogilgus and, um, Got one less. She took my name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've done my part. No. I'm um, certainly be the only higher. one.
2: <laughs> so, uh, gotta um, hunt down some people in Australia and
1: <laughs> Minnesota. And well, and of course, like the UK. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Cornwall. So uh, we are here today to do some uh, housekeeping on some some. Questions that have been asked to us a lot uh, through our, our channels, not necessarily as much on or in person. We used to get a ton of questions in person, but now we've got this YouTube channel. We've got, uh, you know, uh, 70,000 Facebook likes and stuff like that. So we've had some stuff come up uh, that we'd like to address today and try to knock out some answers. And the very first one is kind of interesting. Uh, they're asking, you know, if we have any tips, any tricks uh, when we're buying arcades that we could pass along to someone who might want arcade for their home my first tip it's not worth it to take care of them that's why i get rid of them every time i win one yeah so chris delp has won quite a few (laughs) at this point (laughs) we bought
2: most of them from him
1: yeah well we 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 try to grab them from them uh and
0: And it's more like i refuse to take (laughs) delivery on them there's a free play truck there
1: send it with them load it up uh yeah so arcades that's that's probably something that you really should know arcades even if they're relatively in good shape they take maintenance Mm -hmm. they take care uh they're big they're heavy they don't do as well in like a garage even though that's where you find a lot of them you're gonna get more wood wear in a garage with the humidity going up and down so make sure you have a good spot in your home before you buy an arcade cab even if you i mean no matter what you're targeting you should put it in an hvac place or at least a, a a solid spot we've seen them in garages that routinely get wet we've seen them in all sorts of places that they were just never going to survive um so you need some sort of humidity control if you're real, especially if it's like your prized possession
0: in, in all honesty you, you might want to have an engineering background i i've i've known many private co- arcade collectors at this point and the ones that really they seem to thrive in it are literally engineers oh. i hate to be too like
2: I think Negative, it depends on helpful. what games you're looking at putting in your house because if you're going to get a, a miss Pac-Man, there are so many of them out there that you don't need necessarily the skills to fix it. If it breaks, you can always find parts for it. You can find another board. It's going to cost you some money. So, of course, keeping in mind that it can become a money pit at that point. But uh, I think so, it's yeah, really so all about the game.
1: Maybe that's a good first place to start. Um when you're deciding what game to buy, uh, there, the prices vary wildly. Um, there are $100 arcade games and there are $10,000 dollar arcade games depending on collectability and rarity. Um, so, uh, and we'll, we'll talk pricing a little bit more, but if you are a first time home buyer, it's really good advice to buy something that they made a bunch of. Uh, that pack advice is great. Uh, your average pack. Pricing in average conditions, about you know, eight hundred, a thousand bucks. Uh you can certainly find them cheaper. Um, but condition is, as we'll get into, the determining factor more than anything else nowadays.
2: There are risks associated with those lower prices, which I'm sure we'll get into.
1: Right. So uh target something that's uh easy. The the other thing that you could potentially target is a game that is wired for what's called JAMA, which is the universal harness, uh connection harness that came out in the late 80s and was used pretty heavily through the mid to late 90s. Um, and you can swap boards. You can swap games pretty easily. There's control questions. There's all sorts of things that you have to be aware of um, in doing that. But it is a pretty universal format that gives you a lot of uh, potential extra options. Uh, well, and
2: there are a lot of resources available for anyone who is looking to swap over their board set.
1: Right. Absolutely. So Uh, with those few things in mind, um, once you've kind of picked your arcade, you have to figure out what a good value is for it. So you pick your game. Let's just, I'm just going to pick a random game and it's not going to be a Miss Pac-Man. Uh, let's go with Donkey Kong. That's another popular game, um, with similar pricing and everything. So when you look at a Donkey Kong, you can go online. There are some price guides out there. For example, there's Exodus price guide, Mm -hmm. which, which pops up pretty easily on most searches. Um, John Exidy, he doesn't really know it. He's been in our videos before because he was at this last auction. Uh, he is the game manager for One Up in Denver. Uh, he was there; it was really cool. Uh, I had not spoken to him in a long time, and it, certainly not face to face because he's in Denver. I'm in Dallas. It's really neat. Um, and he pops up. He, he you just see him walking around a lot in that auction walkthrough because they were there. Uh, he's the guy who runs that price guide. It's a good price guide, but one thing to remember, and I'm not trying to throw at all john i think you're a cool dude he's an arcade buyer he uh he buys more than he sells he has made that price guide with it in mind that he buys arcade games for arcades to use so that's what he would want to pay generally um they're reasonable ranges but he doesn't update it all the time arcade prices have gone through the roof um So if you use that as a baseline, you're going to, things are going to be low.
2: I I would say use it as a starting point, but don't rely exclusively on it. I think we've seen some wide variation in both directions. As far as that price guide goes. Um, It's a great place to start if you're looking for information though.
1: So, um, well, I guess my internet's went on, whatever. Donkey Kong average price. You're going to be looking like at your low end in the four to 500 range. Um, with for a working donkey kong up to actually i mean it would probably be fair for a really really nice donkey kong to cost $2000 um that would be if you you're buying it probably at that point from a dealer up to like 2500 even buying it from a dealer who has refurbished it has done all of the work to make it last a long time and when you're dealing with a dealer you know make sure you check all their reviews online there's trustworthiness is all over the place if you can't find any reviews don't use that dealer Um, so you set your target, you set your price goals. If for example, I was trying to buy a Donkey Kong, my primary concerns would be as follows. Um, well, a all original, uh, if you're buying something that's emulated, if you're buying something that has been converted at all, it has no value, has no collector value. Um, it's, it's fine if you just want something for your home that's playable, but an emulated Donkey Kong has no value. It is not worth anything. Um, it is, uh, there are dealers that will sell them for a lot of money, but it's not worth anything to a collector. There is nothing emulated that is worth money. Right.
0: Because uh, for one, it's not licensed. It's just not real. This, this not- is going to be my vitriolic podcast. You, you <laughs> normally see a a cool uh, devil's advocate, Chris Delp, over
1: here. This is the one where I'm going to be, be seeing red. So, yes. And that is 100% true. There is no... I mean, there's no value to emulation. And so I'm going to pull up Exidy's price guide really quick um, and just see where he's at. So you heard me just say 400 500 for kind of a lower end well, um, up to your dealer level in the 2000s.
2: So I'm on eBay right now looking at sold listings. I have uh, several different uh, pickup listings for full-size Donkey Kong arcades. Uh, they seem to be ranging right now for... Partially working, uh, to working condition, um around that 600 dollars price point, uh, between six and seven fifty is about what I'm seeing. And that's through eBay, which you get some differences when you come to online auction sites, in-person buys, uh a lot of the different formats, whether you're buying from a collector or someone who just came across one at a garage sale.
1: Well, and, and one thing to keep in mind, eBay, of course, has 10% fees. Absolutely. So, and, and any website that you're trying to buy through will probably have some sort of fees. Uh, so, if you're dealing directly with someone, you can expect the price to be slightly lower. Um, you can hope for it, at least a slightly lower price. So, you're buying a Donkey Kong. You've decided, hey, I want a middle-of-the-range Donkey Kong. I'm willing to spend up to $800, $900. Um, so, if you're now, we would actually contact our various, uh, you know, logistics people that we know. We would talk to our pickers that we know. We'd talk to our, our numerous contacts and use that to source that. But uh, if you didn't have access to that, you'd start by where, you know, you'd start buying anything that's used pretty much, which is either eBay or Craigslist um, or one of the arcade websites like Klov, um and see if there's anything local.
2: Well, I'm just imagining trying to buy a new Donkey Kong. Well, right, right.
1: <laughs> Uh, so you go to Clove, um or your eBay or your Craigslist and you see if you have anything local. Craigslist will, you know, generally anyone who's selling an arcade that's local, you will list it on Craigslist. Um, and there's OfferUp and Facebook Marketplace. There's other places that you can look. Um, and you would see if there's anything in that range. And let's say you find, you know, a Donkey Kong that looks okay for a $1,000. Um so you'd want to schedule a time to go check it out, especially if this is an early arcade buy. You want to go look at this, this machine over. And when you get there, you're going to want to make sure that they turn on the machine. Um, for just, unless if you are a true pro buyer, please make sure they turn it on, make <laughs> sure it works, test it, see if anything feels weird. It'd be the same as buying a car. And in many ways, this is going to be the advice to buying a used arcade game is similar to buying a used car. Um, so, you- I,
0: I actually had a good experience when I was buying arcades for you in Japan. Right. Where they, they did not have, you could not buy it online. They did not, you had to go there in person. Um, they, they had no Yelp reviews to really help you discern. But what, what they would do is they would take professional pride. They would make sure it was clean. They wouldn't even sell it to you if they didn't get a chance to clean it up. Check it out themselves and then present it to you in a way
1: that is clearly working. And so, yeah, and that's, that's exactly what you want. You want to, you want to find an arcade game that is in the condition that they had listed it at. So, uh, let's say you found that for a thousand dollars. It's a working Donkey Kong. You show up. Um, now you have to remember, I've already said, if you're looking for like your mint condition, you're looking, well, uh, mint condition Donkey Kong, a low play Donkey Kong. I could just go ahead and tell you, if it was a true low play Donkey Kong, you're not, the price range could go even into the four or five thousands. If it's like a true 400 play Donkey Kong or something that just for whatever reason got set that's near mint, collectors are going to go crazy for it. Just like any collector of a car would go crazy for a 400 mile car.
2: Well, and partially, it's also looking for those specific details, making sure that it has the original Nintendo buttons, making sure it has that orange button, making sure that it's got the original joystick. I mean, as far as the the Donkey Kong cabinet goes, you know, uh, there are certain things to look for, and there are certain ways that you can tell when something's been reproduced or when something's been swapped out with uh, other games.
1: Right. So you would, so you show up there, you check it out. So... Um, yeah, if things look too good, you might be looking at reproduction graphics or anything. And it, you'd have to ask yourself whether or not it, it mattered to you that the reproduction graphics, reproduction overlays matter. Cause for most people, it doesn't matter that if much. If you
2: can't tell, is it important?
1: Right. All right. So here, uh, I'm here at, uh, let me, is this blue? Okay. Yeah. So I'm at John Exidy's website. He's got dedicated, decent, and decent condition Donkey Kong $802,000. So Exidy's right on there. Um, so you show up. Turn it on. It plays. You're going to want to see kind of your monitor quality, right? So, uh, is there burn in on the monitor? Is the monitor look wavy or fuzzy or is it missing a color maybe? All of these things you're pro, if you're just a normal home buyer, you're probably not going to be able to fix. It's probably going to be very intimidating for you to, even if you read up on how to fix it, how to fix it. I mean, things like desoldering and resoldering capacitors mm-hmm. is the very starting point at working on a monitor. Well, and working on
2: monitors, a lot of people are really apprehensive about. You can get started with some of the board stuff, but when you're dealing with the voltages and the flyback, um, just the charge that's going up in that monitor, um, you it, it's intimidating for a lot of people, even a lot of people who have been working on arcades for a while.
1: Absolutely. So, um, yeah, and a lot of people will say it's it's really easy to work on and stuff, and it's not that it's, like, impossible. Um, It's just you have to feel comfortable working with not only a soldering iron, but you also have to feel comfortable working around something that's storing thousands, tens of thousands of volts of electricity and being able to properly turn that off.
2: If you plan on working on a monitor and have no experience, please do your research.
1: Right. There's there's all sorts of dangers. It's And so... If, if I was a home buyer, monitor a good condition monitor would probably be one of the top things that I was putting my like money towards um, because getting that monitor looking good takes can take a lot of work. And it, there's plenty of stuff that can happen to a monitor, such as burn in or just uh, yoke issues that even an expert professional is going to have issues ever fixing or burn in. It's just that's how it is. It's burned in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you focus on that. And then you want to look at the gameplay. You want to make sure that the game is playing how it's supposed to. Um you probably want to have previously looked at photos of what the inside of the cab should look at. Open the cab up. Check it out. Make sure that the game is in there that's supposed to be in there. Make sure that the sprites aren't glitchy or anything. Um, because, again, some of these issues would be super simple for us to fix. It's going to be really, like, scary. You're going to be pulling out circuit boards. You're going to be looking at circuit boards, unplugging, replugging in circuit boards, p- moving chips around, that kind of stuff. Um, which, again, is not hard, but it is intimidating. Especially if you've just spent a thousand dollars on your prized possession and now you have to try to fix it.
2: And you have no idea. You have no experience working on any of the stuff before.
1: So and if you do research, you'll find that some of the common fixable stuff on Donkey Kong are sprite glitches and things like that. Could be a connection issue. Could be a loose chip. Um, not hard to fix, but again, you are going to be touching a circuit board. You are going to be moving stuff around if it has that issue. So check for those types of issues. Uh, and just, you know, generally make sure that everything is looking good. Things like marquee light, if you're a home person, that's the kind of stuff you can fix. It's just changing a light bulb. Unless if it's not. (laughs) Unless if it's something, unless if it's something that broke, you know, the starter or whatever. But lighting, if you're. Still
2: also relatively simple.
1: Right. And, and not a a huge deal breaker in terms of gameplay or anything like that. So that's much more simple. Um, and then obviously you want to look at the wood condition. Um, these cabinets are old. They're wood. If you can think about any wood furniture that you have that's 30 years old, it probably doesn't look like it did when it was first made. Um, and you want to look at the bottom to see if it ever got wet. And you can kind of see how water kind of climbs up through the wood and mm-hmm. kind of soaks it. It weak, it makes it weaker, much more likely to fracture and stuff, makes it look ugly. I mean, every water is bad for wood. Um, and some of these cabinets, some are made out of plywood, but some are made out of particle board. Um, especially a Donkey Kong. Donkey Kongs mm-hmm. were uh, notorious for being made out of both. Uh, depending on the generation of the blue cab that you're getting. So, uh, dangerous stuff, uh, stuff to look at. Um, and then your controls, your controls as a home buyer are much more likely to be able to be fixed. Mm -hmm. They're relatively simple. There's no real electricity running through them. There's very simple electrical signals that run through, um, and there's a ton of YouTube videos and everything. So controls being sticky, for example, shouldn't be a big problem. Contro- one control not working, probably not going to be a big problem. You never know.
2: Well, right. And for the home consumer, I mean, when dealing with authentic parts, when dealing with original parts, um, it can be a little more difficult to source, say, the specific buttons that are needed for that machine. But if that's something that you don't care about, there are plenty of alternate uh, buttons that are available and things that you could put in the cab not that we're advocating that but you have options as a home consumer
1: right so we we at Freeplay stick as original as possible and fortunately a lot of these Nintendo buttons so for example Donkey Kong you're going to be able to find a lot of parts for it. there's a lot of Donkey Kongs you're even going to be able to find a lot of reproduction parts Um so that would be kind of it and then you know Moving in arcade, a lot, we get a lot of questions on that too. So, so let's say you, it's, it's good. You negotiate it down to $900. It's a good working Donkey Kong. It might have some cosmetic defects. Um, but it's just generally working how you want it to. You feel comfortable with that. Getting it home is a whole process. Like, so Freeplay has two full sized box trucks, um, both with lift gates, um, that we use all the time. And
2: very good purchases for right, us.
1: Right. Lift gates are, are a lifesaver. So you're probably, then looking at putting it into say a pickup truck, a van, U-Haul, yeah, or a U-Haul. Um the best way to move an arcade cabinet is to put it on a dolly, leave it standing up, um and then stand it up in a box truck. Um keep it oriented how you found it. Weather it, protected. Right, it is a general advice. You want to, you know, wrap it and strap it, all of that stuff. Now, if you're moving it into a van, if you're moving it into Know that nothing is necessarily going to break if you lay an arcade game on its back or on its side.
2: Make sure that everything is secured before laying right. an arcade game well, down, though.
1: Yeah. RIP Right. <laughs> <Kingery. laughs> Open up the cabinet. Look inside of it. See if the circuit board is uh, secured how it's supposed to be. See if everything is there, because when you lay it down, if the circuit board is designed to slide to the back, it'll slide to the back. And that even us as being as almost i mean probably moved more arcade games at this point than just about anyone on the planet certainly retro arcade games we have the largest collection and every one of our games has had to be moved at least once and most of them have been moved probably 30 or 40 times (laughs) every Um, day yeah every day
2: arcade games every day that is the answer
1: even for us for example when we go to like let's play we bring 30 or 40 games the first few hours is figuring out what got loose, what got messed up in transit. And that's for people who have done it every day of their lives for four or five, six years. Um, so, I mean, the point being, this thing, a lot of stuff can go wrong. So um, you want to probably take photos of it inside before you go. Just so that you have some reference. If you, if you get home and you open it up and there's a wire hanging there, you're going to want to know where to put it. Stuff like that. And I don't mean to scare anyone. I mean, moving an arcade game is just like moving any electronic equipment. You just have to be careful. Um, you would, you probably use the same care as like moving a refrigerator. Um, and that's pr- pretty similar size and everything. It's just in an arcade, you got a lot of different components that are not necessarily as uh, secured.
2: Well, unfortunately, you've decided to buy a Donkey Kong, and that's a lot lighter than a refrigerator.
1: Right, and, and Donkey Kongs just in general are light arcade cabinets. Um, but so let's say though, it, you've listened to these tips, and then you decide, hey, I want something big, something amazing, um, some some thing like a dedicated major havoc. Um, so for one. Know that you're going to spend a lot of time searching for it,
2: um, and a lot of money,
1: and and know that yeah. Let's see. All right, so, uh, yeah, I'm interested. We'll see where John XD, XD is have? on a dedicated major. So they so dedicated means I guess we should go over that. Probably De- dedicated normally means like the uh, it is in the cabinet that was specifically designed just for the game by the arcade manufacturer. So Major Havocs were released in two formats. A very very limited run of dedicated major havocs that are in that cabinet that we have at Freeplay Richardson. It's kind of goes like this, this. I mean, it's it's complicated. It's not a normal box cabinet. And then there were conversion kits made for the Black Widow style cabinet, the uh, gravitar space steel Bra- Black Widow style cabinet. Um, if you're looking for a major havoc and you don't care at all about um, getting a dedicated, you'll save a lot of money by finding a conversion. Um, and I've seen conversions in a lot of things, including some conversions that don't include the roller. The roller, I think, makes major havoc. So, agreed. It, do research on any game to find out if there's any specific thing like that. Um, so jo- John XD just has 6,500 plus for a dedicated major havoc. That's fair. Um, and the Tempest. Con- oh, and I guess there. Okay, so there's he actually has the Tempest conversion. I forgot there is a Tempest conversion, and then the Space Duel conversion. Um. The space still conversion worth more than the Tempest conversion um, dedicated is so much r- more rare. The dedicated, of course, has an ampliphone monitor. So this is the kind of thing you want to research and see what kind of monitors, especially if it's a higher end game. You want to know what kind of monitor is supposed to be there, especially if it's a vector game, and make sure that the right monitor is there. Ampliphone monitors are generally far more valuable than the counterparts, the Wells Gardeners um, that they put in Tempest, for example. Uh, so you want to do that kind of research. And then you want to start looking and you really, really want to get to know that game bef- long before you buy it. Cause you're going to need to know it long before you find it. Um, a, a, a dedicated major Havoc comes up for sale a couple times a year. Um, and honestly, I, they've been selling for 10,000 plus right now. Um, so prepare yourself for those super, super rare, super valuable games. Um, Price guys saying, you know, 6,500 plus that plus means, uh, you've got more people that want a major havoc than have a major havoc, and it's going to you know do your research, do do everything. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's so hard, especially. And then the other thing to to consider is like the region affects the price a lot too. Uh, thanks to some local arcade chain, prices in DFW are through the roof. It's absurd. I can't believe it, and they keep buying everything. We're sorry. Um, we uh, so I'm sorry if you go to like Montana. Games are cheaper. Yeah, there's shipping and stuff. you got a lot of things to figure out. But if it's a prized treasure, like a dedicated Major Havoc, even in Montana, it'll be a little cheaper. Um, and then there's, of course, you might get lucky and find someone that doesn't know what they have. Um, and you might be able to buy it really cheaply. I mean, there's all sorts of ethical questions there and stuff like that. But if you spend enough time searching for any specific game, eventually you're going to have a chance to buy it. Uh, and just like anything that's collectible, the real key question you have to ask Yourself when it comes up for sale, if you have the opportunity to buy it, will you kick yourself if you don't buy it for whatever price they're asking? Um, because what we've seen a lot lately for arcades, as these prices have gone up, a lot of people are kicking themselves for not getting their treasure game because it was five hundred dollars more than they wanted, and now people are asking five thousand more than they wanted. Um, so, I mean, that's generally. It. Condition and quality are the are the kings when it comes to arcades you can find a 200 hundred dollar donkey kong that might not actually be a donkey kong it might be trashed it might be whatever or you know you can go into the 2000s and find a refurbished still running original hardware donkey kong um so it's it's not impossible it's not hard to buy an arcade it's hard to keep an arcade but
2: right. well and i think it you have to be willing to wait for the right one to come up. We've had games that we've been searching for for a really long time. And I mean, it's taken us several years occasionally to find the version of a game that we want. And we've got very specific requirements as far as the versions of the games that we're looking for. But uh, you as the the home consumer, I mean, take your time. I mean, there are thousands of Miss Pac-Mans and Donkey Kongs on the market Right. So you don't have to buy the first one that comes up.
1: And uh, uh, it'll probably come up whether or not you should go to an auction, an arcade auction, if you want to buy a game. Uh, I would generally say, if it's your first arcade game, try to buy it from a collector. Um, arcade auctions, I think, are great. Mm-hmm. I think they're amazing. And you can go to our YouTube channel, watch some cool videos um, that we've made of us going to an auction. Uh, the problem is at an auction... Not only is it as is, wheres you can't do the kind of inspection that I just described. Right. Um, so,
2: Well, and you don't necessarily know the history. Right. When you go and pick up a game from a collector, you're going to know immediately if that game's been stored in a garage, outside, um, wherever. And, I mean, we've pulled games out of barns, uh, covered in leaves. I mean, all sorts of things that are indicators of how it's been treated. And when you find someone who really loves the game and they've taken good care of it, you're most likely going to have a game that's going to last you for a much longer time.
1: Right. And I mean, as as we've always said, we buy arcades from every possible source, but we have full-time technicians working around the clock to work on our games. Um, we also happen to have some of the best techs in the entire country employed by this arcade. So... Even if we get ourselves where we, if we ever overpay and get into a situation where it's not quite what we thought it was, we still have all the tools to make it what we thought it was, whereas a home buyer might not. So, I, we don't want to dissuade anyone. Now, I, I think I, I'm going to kick it to crit to, or at least to an old Chris quote. Um, that I used to love. This is long before he worked here. Which was why would you own an arcade when there's a free play in your area? <laughs> um, because yeah, you at free play you can play that ten thousand, twelve thousand dollar major dedicated major havoc. You can play all sorts of rare stuff that's in you know really good conditioned, well maintained. And what I really like is there was a review the other day that was saying, I drove for like 45 minutes i thought this place just opened after i walked through their games and i went over there and they were like no we've been here for like two years now and the person asked and he said how long have these games been on the floor and they're like well some of them since we opened and it just blew the person's mind that we've had games on the floor and that's one of the harsh lessons that a lot of retro arcades learn that have people who generally have some knowledge on how to work on the games um the longer you have these games, the more they've been played, the more likely they are to break. And I think that, and this was a concern when we first opened free play and we've learned they break just as much as you'd ever expect. Um, but being able to fix them is a, is a good skill. And uh, we've been really, I mean, we've worked really, really hard to keep our games in the condition. They still remain today. And, most people, you know, it's it's funny because I'm thinking about like a, our million play mispack and be like, nah, you don't look at play over a hundred thousand or something like that. But uh, it's uh it, it it is something to learn and that's an appropriate amount of mispack plays. <laughs> well, <laughs> and if uh, if you do have a good arcade nearby. Um, In many ways, maybe try to find your treasure arcade, but then go support your local arcades because
0: if I I seem withdrawn from this, this conversation, it's because I still feel like I, like I mentioned, you know, three years ago, not an employee of free play arcade. Like if you have it there and it's local and it's well kept up. A, go support your local arcade scene and,
1: and B, it's just better in that environment. That's what it was made for, quite right. literally. Right. Yeah. That, that is its native environment. And, um, what I do find, uh, just as a quick aside from a lot of home buyers is even if it's like most of the time they, they'll target that one game, but it's not having a single arcade game at your house, um, can get kind of dull pretty fast. Um, even if it's like your treasured possession, even if it's your favorite game, you want more. And that is what, that is the kind of fear that will lead you to the dark side. And next thing you know, you're going to 60-1, and 1, which is something hey. we're going to talk about coming up in this podcast. And then it goes the opposite
0: direction, Possibly where you have everything podcast. to play. And what does it all matter? It's the arcade. You
1: need the arcade. So, yeah, I mean, they, use use caution buying an arcade game. Do your research. Go to the websites. Go to stuff. There's 35 years of information out there now. so. Uh, there's a ton of resources that you can rely on to figure out what you want to buy, how you want to buy it, and there's nothing better than when you find your dream arcade. And if Freeplay has somehow bought your dream arcade and it already has it on the floor, it is not for sale. But you're hap- We are happy to let you come play it. Um, we do get that question a lot. And no, we we originally thought we might sell some stuff. No, 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 no. We <laughs> we just buy. We have a thousand or whatever now. Too mi- We no. Too many, too many games to count. Right. That's we don't. That have, is for real. Well, and we're working on that. All right. Um, all right. So that was the that was the the Rearranging question. Rearranging warehouses as um, we speak. It is. Yeah. It is. Just do your research. Pay attention to con- condition. Learn what you think you can fix. If you don't know how to fix something, or you don't think you'll ever know, make sure that that's working when you buy the game.
2: Well, and also a couple things that I just want to mention. Uh, If you are buying this from someone's home, make sure that you get details ahead of time, whether that is upstairs, downstairs, (laughs) um, different things like that. We've run into situations where that has been problematic. Uh, Make sure that you have a dolly of some sort that can hold the weight of whichever arcade game you're purchasing. Uh, Most of these games are meant to be dollied from the back. Uh, If you dolly from the side, you can loosen some of the brads that go into them and uh, while most of them won't fall apart on you and you can do from the sides uh, you are stressing that slightly so just uh, just be aware of how the game was constructed
1: yeah absolutely and, and of course blankets um, on yeah the- if you're dulling from the side there's art on that side and, and things like that don't don't make your don't kick yourself later by scratching up something that wasn't already scratched most Uh, of
2: these games also when you dolly from the back will fit through a standard doorway which is not always the case if you're pulling it from the side so that's true
1: so things to be aware of um that is kind of like our quick generic advice obviously um if you want to buy it like free play, uh, buy a thousand of them and get that knowledge. Fix a thousand of them, get that <laughs> knowledge, and then you'll be in really good shape. <laughs> and the, but the truth is, here at Free Play, we overpay for games all the time. We underpay for we just buy games, um, right? And it, it it's for us, it's about making sure that we're able to support the games we have out on the floor, and that takes a lot of extras. It's to-
2: true, but we also started with a, a history of buying and selling games, <laughs> That's true. and when we were doing that, we were buying games all the time. And, you know, we, we buy, we don't buy to sell anymore. We buy to collect. And so we're all about curation right now. But, um, we have bought and fixed and moved thousands and thousands of games. And, you know, it's experience that comes with that.
1: And just as a quick aside, uh, John XD, you have updated your price guide quite well. He's, it's actually in really good shape. I right? haven't
2: actually looked at it in I, a while. I'm going so.
1: through it. I'm, I, I'm really impressed. He, he's clearly staying on it. Um, and that said, if you have any game on John XD's price guide, which generally requires the game to be in pretty good condition for that price, and you would like to sell FreePlay Arcade your game for that lower end of his price guide, <laughs> shoot me an email, Corey FreePlay Inc., I bet we can figure something out. <laughs> uh, but no, he's done a good job. I, that's not a bad resource to use. Just make sure you double check it against actual sales on eBay, stuff like that. Um, okay. So, the next question that we are going to tackle uh, today, and this is, you know, people say that I'm, I'm kind of harsh sometimes. We're going to talk about some of the what? new arcade products coming out um, and just uh, give our opinions on it because we've been asked kind of, you know, like, what do we think of Walmart's, Target's, Bed Bath and Beyond's being littered with different arcade products. Um, and we're, I want to start and just say something positive because, because I'm, I'm about to be criticized for being overly harsh. I can say a positive comment. All right. Let's hit, hit me with a positive.
2: All right. Uh, I think that the arcade, arcades have been coming back into the mainstream and I really appreciate the fact that there are a variety of different ways that people can enjoy the nostalgia that they remember in their own homes. So I think it's
1: it's good. That okay. I got it. Arcades I got it. have gotten popular. Well and that that's a nice segue from where we just were. You can buy the real thing. And then you know what? They have these little mini cades now. And some of those first early generation mini arcades were just awful. Um <laughs> not the ones that you can hook up with your TV. Those were okay, but the the first iterations were that actually had the screens. The screens were not very good. It was kind of insulting that they were even calling them arcades. But like for example, this Burger Time. Now it's not exactly. This is not how you should play Burger Time, but it's not a terrible little unit for twenty five or thirty bucks. Twenty five bucks, right? So I I'm not going to say that this is a. And all a close replacement not, not arcade for Burger for Time. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah let's, let's go. Ahead. Obviously, this is an emulated game. It's got a cheap LCD. It's got. Now, this is kind of cool. But it's kind
2: of a cool desktop accessory. Right.
1: Well, yeah. And, and I even find myself messing around with it between breaks and stuff because it's easy. I can fit it right here in the palm of my hand these things are getting better and they're not the end of the world and it's not a bad idea. It's not a replacement for the original. It's not at all, it doesn't even come close to replicating the experience of playing an arcade, but as a quick diversion, it's pretty good and most of the time it's like having a little joystick and the two buttons is better than trying to play the game on your phone, stuff like that. So these mini arcades are recommended for your Barbie dream house by free play. Right. Nice. Well, it, it is a diversion. Will enjoy it. It um, is
2: one of the cheapest ways you can have a 50 to 60 game lineup in your house. Right. Well,
1: that would actually be pretty <laughs> impressive to see, to see a collection. Of I don't like, even
2: know how many of those that were actually made. Well,
1: so like, for example, when we were doing the space invaders events, we were trying to buy a little space invaders and there were like 20 on the market. Um, and the little, the smallest one was actually the bet, had the best screen, cause I guess it's the cheapest way to get a good screen on it. But, um, there were so many different crappy versions of it, and it was like, some of them were just, just totally terrible to play. But this, like, for example, this little My Arcade Burger Time. Now, My Arcade has made some others that I think are much worse, but this Burger Time, not so bad. So, we, we recognize that those exist. We recognize that there's a place for them. Um, You won't see them like sold at free play. Um, but if we're having a goofy event we might give one away or something. Um again, licensed, emulated. There's a place for
2: that type of game.
1: All right. It's not free play, but So now that we've said some nice things. I would like to take some time to talk about this new product on the market called Arcade One Up. What? Um. So, Arcade One Up. The concept is. Do you want to do the concept, Richard? You might. Ha- you might be able to say it nicer than me, so I don't just ruin everything.
2: Okay. It's uh. It's pretty simple. Arcade One Up is a build-it-yourself arcade cabinet, mini arcade cabinet. It's like only four feet tall or something. That releases a small selection of emulated games that you can play in your own home so that you have the feel of an arcade cabinet and those games
1: in your own home
2: at a fraction of the price that it would cost to get the
1: originals right they're three-quarter scale is is what they're advertising now they're three quarter scale. I don't know why they say that because they're not, they're not like even replicas of the original cabinets. So I would say they're, they're worth less than three quarters of the value. Of <laughs> I don't know.
2: The Come arcade. on. Those flat control panels sticking up there. That's totally how those cabinets <laughs> right. were originally so, made, right? So this
1: is, the, but they're about 46 inches tall. They weigh like 60 pounds. Um, little small things. You can buy Um, a little
2: riser for them.
1: You can, yeah, you can try to bring them up to normal height by,
2: no, no, not normal. They only get up to 57.8 inches, uh, is what I
1: see. So, and there's, Super light, they're flat pack. So this is like IKEA. This is like you're putting together your own arcade system. To be fair um, to
0: IKEA, this is not of the quality that they <laughs> would carry. So no, no, no. Not uh, it at
1: IKEA. Of course not. Soon
2: to be available at your local Walmart.
1: So yeah, you can find. You will be able to find arcade one ups at Walmart, GameStop, Fye Fries, Target, Bed Bath and Beyond, who is known for their arcade. Per- <laughs> <laughs> it's and where I go, and Best Buy, uh, and so this is this is why I'm about to rage a little bit against them. We have now had probably seven messages, 10 messages from people saying, I'll still come to free play, but I'm getting my own arcade and they'll link to the arcade one up, which is nice of them to say, but I just want to make sure I'm 100% absolutely clear. These are going to be crap. I am going to make a video of us buying one, putting together and ripping apart. But I already know I've done extensive research into these. They are Absolute 100% garbage. And I've watched a lot of weird YouTube reviews that have, are either disconnected from reality, bought and paid. I don't know that are uh, being complimentary to these despite showing the very, very obvious flaws. They are garbage for what they are. Right. For an emulated machine, they are garbage. So yeah, so th- these are all obviously, they're running tiny little emulated computers. Um, doesn't really matter. They're running older versions of MAME. Um, so they will be running code that was run on the arcades in some form or fashion through little chips that aren't, that have, that are not at all at the same speeds, same power, nothing like that. Not, not at all connected to the arcade. Um, they'll be shooting out the sounds through a single mono speaker, um, that, and your volume controls from what I understand are off loud or louder. They don't actually give you a... Pot. I don't know why. Interesting. Um, so it's it's a three way switch for your sound thing. Um, now remember, guys, these are like three hundred dollars. They were going to be four hundred, and then they lowered the price oh to to three hundred. Um, so and now they they're releasing the alleged deluxe versions, and it looks like most of the deluxe versions are just paying some licensing to get... They're going to have some deluxe versions with 12 games on them instead of, like, four. Mm. Um, and they've, they've got a whole lineup here. They've got Asteroids that even has a Major Havoc and a Lunar Lander, um, which... How do you play those? Well, it looks like they've Track got... Ball? No, it looks like they just have buttons. Asteroids control panel, it looks like. Mm. Um, so, and, Hank, hey, let's just go through. Let's just go ahead and attack their selections of these games. All right, so they had Asteroids. Uh, and these are going to be running with an LCD screen. Now, to their credit, it's a four x three LCD screen. To their absolute detriment, and they should be ashamed, it's a, I, I looked up the model number of their LCD screen that was visible in one of the reviews. This is a 2005 LCD screen that was made way back in the LCD technology. It, LCD technology, if you know anything about LCD screen technology, it's come for Ever. And uh, occasionally the reviewers will let it slip. They're like, if you're looking at it directly on, it's okay. Um, and that's true. If you, almost any 2005 LCD, even the best, if you look at them head on, uh, that's fine. Also, if if you, you don't at, care about lag. Right. Well, and that's the thing. There is a ton of latency. You can tell just from the reviews. Now they all kind of go away from it, but the latency just from the monitor is going to be substantial. Not to mention, um, from the controls to an emulation station to an LCD monitor. Um, but let's talk about asteroids really quick. Asteroids is the original asteroids is a beautiful black and white vector <laughs> arcade game. Um, and I mean it's and it's a great game. It's one of the perfect games I think that is just I mean for when it came out it was flawless Revolutionary, sound iconic. everything. Um, and almost all of that is owing to that beautiful vector monitor that asteroids has. It'll lose almost everything once you put it... I mean, not only are you putting it on a uh, single speaker sound that's not going to be a very strong speaker, it's going to be kind of tinny. Um, and you're not going to have that boom, boom, or whatever the Asteroids don't dunk, dunk, dunk sound is. Um, you're going to lose all of the the beauty of Asteroids. When, um, you see, when you see that
0: vector monitor, that that little laser light up the screen, it's just...
1: Irre- you cannot replicate it. You right. Cannot. Well, and, and LCD is actually... E- Terrible way to even try vector. Of course.
0: Yeah, no, it it, it looks awful. It plays awful. So I mean you're gonna okay. you're so much better served by building your own. So
2: Ugh. I'm curious, Corey. Asteroids. We know it, we love it. Clearly it's going to be better on a vector monitor. The question is, if you're a home consumer and you love asteroids, but you don't have place for an original cabinet, how would you play it at home?
1: I wouldn't. I mean Asteroids you shouldn't. It's a you can got to have a vector monitor for Asteroids. Uh I would play one of the the later releases that used the CRT monitor. I'd probably put it on my computer and emulate it on a night on a either a very nice LCD or even go pull out a CRT. But the truth is it, it it's just not going to be the same. It's going to be so far off that I it, it might not you might not like Asteroids as much anymore. And I think that'd be a shame for the game. Um, and just all of their selection here uh, is just for this, their vector. I'm trying to zoom in. It looks like it does have a spinner. Um, Thank you. So it's an Asteroids control panel and then it has a spinner out to your right.
2: Just um, far right.
1: Yeah. I Basically the, what I, what I'd say is it's just Asteroids needs to be played on a vector. It would be really, really hard. I mean, I guess if you really want Asteroids, you could hate yourself and play it on this. But honestly, there's no good way to to play it at home. Um, Probably look for a
2: different rip-off of Asteroids right, that was right. programmed.
1: I enjoyed the twenty six hundred
0: version of Asteroids back in the
1: day. Well, the yeah, colorful so, asteroids. So any, yeah, that's it's true. Any of the original console Asteroids, they put a lot of love into them, and you can not the same game at all, right? But, you can appreciate them for what they are. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you're trying to get the the arcade, and we can talk about how you know here we've got micro switch buttons, not leave switch buttons, not. The pressures are going to be different. It looks like they've done an you okay know, job replicating the layout, but it's basically- really
2: interesting because they say authentic arcade joysticks, trackballs, buttons, and sound. Are they saying Lies. authentic because they
1: are Desi- Actual buttons? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what they mean when they say authentic. Yeah. The,
2: you the, could use these well, in an arcade, they're, but they're not the original. Because they put them
1: on this arcade, they're arcade buttons, I guess. So, and again, here's, here's the important thing to remember. Um, okay. So you've got a 13, 14 year old LCD. I don't know, care when it was produced. That's when it was designed. Um, so you're going to have issues with view angles, terrible issues with view angles. Um, and it's gonna be one of those really bad LCDs where you seriously hate moving your head side to side. Um, and, and everyone's used one of those before. It's no fun. It's not good. Um, but to build this piece, this cabinet, if we were trying to build it with the proper parts, um, let's say we were gonna get a high-end LCD that is specifically designed to do true blacks. Cause, God, you gotta have true blacks. And you know what? 2005 LCD is not gonna do true blacks if you're trying to play Asteroids. Um, so, or Major Havoc for that. <laughs> or Tempest. You or know. Lunar Lander. This is a great game lineup that's going to be completely trashed for a whole new generation. Um, so it's sad.
0: Yeah, you know what? If you haven't played it in, in an arcade and this is your first exposure to it, I'm so sorry. Right. Major. Alex maybe I'm trashing you know. a game that 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 you you. You kind of had some enjoyment of, you're, you're playing a vastly inferior version, and I'm so sorry. But
1: if we were trying to do this right, and it still wouldn't be perfect, because the arcade is the vector monitors you need for this, but if we are trying to do an emulated version of Asteroids right, we'd still be talking six, $700 in costs before we talk about custom fabricating a cabinet for it. Um, you would want probably one of the true high-end four by three LCDs. And again, I'm saying this will not get you close to the original game. Um, and then you would, you'd want to do everything you could to find some leaf switch buttons. Um, and then you'd want to just really, really focus on your speakers for asteroids, right? A single mono speaker. And this, the speaker is in on the top of the control panel here. Not even, I'm being serious. Above the, uh, spinner is where the speaker is. Weird. And it's one. It's a single speaker. Again, you don't have any volume control except for loud, louder or off. Um, so. I mean, and, I mean, you know, if, if they're, if they're, if you're comparing it
0: to like, like you're building the biggest, most authentic, but still emulation arcade cabinet, it's gonna be quite pricey in range, and you can, you can get it better. For that price point, like, you know, I wanna compare it to, to, if I hook up a USB with MAME to that laptop I'm staring at right now, and then hook up an Xbox, controller to it and play it, is my my experience gonna be better. It's gonna be a lot
1: better than yeah, that no, garbage. That's actually true. Um and that's that's probably the disappointing thing. If you had any computer whatsoever. If you had any version of this, this may be um, the worst version I've ever seen. It's gonna be better. Um and
0: so yeah I, I you're, guess that, you're roughly gonna get the same uh experience as this except blown up to that's actually
1: a really good point, right? So you're able to buy these nice little Things that we were kind of ripping on before, but, you know, giving some credit to. This is 30 bucks. Right. This is, this is worthy of your Barbie dream house. The emulation power in this machine is going to be identical to this $300 arcade. Um, that's, and it'll probably sound better. The speaker placement's better. (laughs) A speaker placement in the control panel. 25 cent speaker. I promise you it's sturdier. Right. So, and we didn't even have to build it ourselves. Uh, That Um, is, that is, (laughs) this little burger
0: time is sturdier.
1: Yeah. So, um, let's, I, We'll move on because, yeah, I hope no one really buys the vector monitor stuff. Um, so then let's talk Centipede. Time will tell. Um, centipede, uh, their game choices weren't bad. Their Centipede is Centipede, Missile Game. No, command. and that makes it worse. I know. Crystal Castles and Millipede. Um, which how, this is. This how would you introduce
0: people to Crystal Castles with this? <laughs> Don't do this to me. Um, well, we're about to do it to me with Super Turbo. <laughs>
2: The real question is which one of these will we end up getting?
0: Right.
1: I'm sure the Street street Fighter, I assume.
0: Will we we hit it with a sledgehammer (laughs) or drop it off the
1: roof? That's the real question. I really want to drop it off the roof. Okay. I'm really excited about dropping. I will wait at the bottom with my sledgehammer. But first,
2: we should try and bring all of our Super Turbo players (laughs) out (laughs) to have a competition on it.
1: All right. So, again, old (laughs) LCD. Let's talk the Centipede. They've got Centipede, Millipede, Crystal Castles, and Millipede. It does have a trackball on it. Um, I can tell you that it would be even more expensive to try to build a good version of these games. Um, team play actually had an interesting version in the mid uh, around 2000 to 2003, uh, where they had centipede missile command millipede and a thing called let's go bowling. Um, a little custom game. We've seen them before. Um, the, Trackball placement on those wasn't perfect, but he was using the actual quality arcade stuff. So if you're looking for this, go search for one of those. It might cost $500 now or something like that. But that was an act, especially if you find one of the cabarets, it'll fit well in your house. It's a beautiful cabinet. It's really well made. It's got the arcade, the actual arcade hardware running on an actual CRT. Um, infinitely better than this the size is going to be better and again the trackball placement on those team play p- cabinets wasn't perfect but it wasn't a real arcade trackball this is going to be just straight garbage oh, and
2: when you're talking the difference of 200 dollars, i right. mean for a three to five hundred dollar game it's absolutely yeah, worth go it. go find
1: one of those team play cabinets this is just gonna be bad you don't want anything to do with this um again bad monitor Garbage controls, bad speaker placement. Um, this is not, these are not replicas. These are just, these are novelties that will be inauthentic
0: um, in every way. Inauthentic the- game code, controls, the size is wrong, the art is wrong, literally everything is wrong about this, and it's shoddy in every way possible. Well, and the cool thing about this. The deck technology with the LCDs, not the CRTs, right. and crush it. <laughs> Outdated well, technology. Compare.
1: Like well, the CRTs, crush it. It's insane. Oh it's, no, it, it makes me insane. Well, those team play cabinets are really cool because they spend a ton of time. That's it's not just raw mame. They they actually rebuilt. I mean, an emulator that was supposed to be as close as possible. And I've played them. It I, is, it's a really good for, It's to me the team play cabinets for um, Centipede and Millipede are equivalent to the 20th anniversary packs and Galaga's very very close replication of the ga- gameplay because they spend thousands of dollar thousands of dollars and who knows how many hundreds of man hours building them. These are seriously, if you went, if you searched Centipede ROM and you search MAME and you download those two together and put it on your computer, better. you're probably getting a better version than they have right here because they're running outdated MAME on a terrible LCD. I
0: saw a glowing YouTube review of this where the person dropped off his arcade cabinet. Again, glowing review. He loved it. But uh, the whole like bottom had been smashed just because it just folded because it's because it's made out of nothing. Like if you you have an IKEA desk, you know, go over there and shake it a little bit. That's what this is made (laughs) out
1: of. Oh yeah, and remember, these are flat pack, tiny little arcades. You're not getting close to this. Is seriously, this is a true novelty kind of purchase, and it's I'm that's why. And the fact that people are like, I thinking they're getting an arcade. That's my big concern. All right, so let's talk rampage. All right, I'm gonna let Richard. What do you think my biggest complaint about the Rampage machine is?
2: Ooh, let me pull up the Rampage machine.
1: I'll give you the game list and maybe that'll give you a hint. The game list oh, is. I'm ready. I'm ready. Rampage, Gauntlet, and Joust.
2: <laughs> what an interesting choice. I'm ready. <laughs> Tag me in, coach.
1: All right, Chris, what do you think? It's got it? three like, joysticks and it's running Gauntlet. That is one of the problems. My actual well, problem is Joust is a two-way joystick game and this is an eight-way joystick. It also is running Defender. Is Defender on there too? It's Defender cut off. Defender is off. on this as well. Oh my God. So Defender's How do awesome. Have you played Defender? No joystick game. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, but look at the button configuration. So I don't know.
2: I need an overview of that control panel too.
1: So this is going to be another good example of. What? So this is, this is absolutely the worst way to play Joust. Absolutely the worst way to play Defender um and why they're on that machine I wouldn't know
2: I'm just really curious if you i i guess with Joust you Hit diagonals and it still just does your left and right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll what happens see. if you go up?
1: We'll see if they've programmed it to handle that.
2: I wonder if you go up, if it will actually just like float. That would be crazy. Uh,
1: who knows? I mean, <laughs> no, there it's was not, I, not new code. I promise. Uh, you on the J Rock version of no Defender, which, which guys, if y'all want to play Joust and Defender in a modern thing, J Rock is of course as close as possible. JRock's mm-hmm. very good. Um, so if you search JROC. Um, and you're looking for a version, start there. This is... I mean, this is just... I mean, you know the gauntlet's going to be terrible because you've got, you know, three controllers. It's going to be weird. The screen is going to be weird for gauntlet. It's, it's all going to be weird.
2: There are preview photos of this particular cabinet also, and some of the photos, they look like solid plastic joystick replicas, and some of them, they look like they're metal shaft. No way there's um, metal. Plastic ball top.
1: So, yeah, maybe they I, I really are, can't uh, tell. ...are changing the... <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I see Defender on there. That's awful. Um, I don't even know what to say. Uh, yeah, if it's a, it could be a uh, no. Nope. All right, <laughs> let's talk Galaga and Galaxian. Um, it has Galaga and Galaxian on it. That's those are the two games on that cabinet. Hey,
2: those two games are very similar.
1: Those are basically the same game. I bet
2: the controls are probably like very I'm simple. A little bit controls. controls at, least at least the
1: controls will match. Uh, two directions, one button. It's going to be terrible. Um, for the LCD reason we've already talked. I don't. It's vertically oriented at least. I don't know. Uh, if you want to play Galaga, um, actually, if you want to play Galaga, the it's available be- on every system ever. And one of the best things, if you look for the, um, I can't remember what they were called. It, I feel like it had Jack in it, but it was Jack in the name. But it was one of those little TV things you plug in your TV that had the <laughs> yellow wire and the white wire. Um, and it had Mispack, Galaga, Xevious, Mappy, and Pole Position. Um, oh, like the little <coughs> joystick. Yeah. Go find yeah. one of those. Um, because I guarantee you they spend infinitely more on their control scheme than these people have. Uh, and it's a pretty good version. It even plays Pole Position well. Pole
2: Position is so cool. On yeah, that. So
1: it, you can actually rotate the joystick and play Pole Position to turn like a steering wheel because <laughs> they use the potentiometer on the joystick. Um, and it's a great version. So if you, and I guarantee you can go online and get one for $15 on eBay or something.
2: Not the authentic version, but kind of fun.
1: Pacific Jacks maybe was what it was called. Um, just go look those up. Those, that was better than what you're getting here. Heck, plug it into a CRT monitor. You're getting close. It's got a good version of Mappy, a good version of Mispack, good version of Galaga, good version of Zevius, and a good version of Pole Position. They're emulated. They're not anywhere near the arcade. And I wouldn't say that they are, but God, they're better than this crap um all right so let's talk street fighter <laughs> uh, all right so one of the things to remember here you can't change a single arcade setting so if you have any care about ever changing arcade settings uh you can't do that here uh none all of the reviewers mentioned that but said it's no big deal for some reason that's not a big deal to them it should be a big deal because especially when it comes to street fighter there's speed settings there's all sorts of things that you want to be able to every
0: little change. thing matters about this every little frame main matters in street fighter 2 we have a champion edition of Street Fighter 2, Super Turbo.
1: And and they just threw su- regular Super 2 in for some reason. Boy, there's no reason to challenges. have Super New Challengers if you have Super Turbo. Um, it, like, there's literally no reason to play that game. To
2: add another game to the list. Why
1: they wouldn't put hyperfighting Fighting on, I don't know. You've got this very tall, a very
0: small three-quarters cabinet, so two joysticks. You want to play with your friends. Yeah. Why well, don't thing? insult your actually, friend.
1: Actually, let's go talk about the three-player rampage with a width that is uh 19 inches <laughs> 19 inches so we're talking like so that, this big yeah that's uh, it's a foot and a half <laughs> foot and a half with three joysticks
0: you wanna you guys want to crowd around me and play on this, this so console? <laughs> so
1: so i mean that's gonna be a problem for street fighter with a six button layout that's gonna be a terrible problem for a game that has well, three six, joysticks it will, uh, yeah it's true well. so uh, maybe that's the thing for kids i don't know it's still crap don't insult your kids yeah don't don't run your kids you know on arcade what games. i
0: i've talked about my problems with 30th anniversary edition on the modern consoles of all these street fighters. I'm talking 30th anniversary the Capcom release of of uh Street Fighter 1 2 and 3 and all the different permutations of it infinitely better.
1: If that's your first well, yeah. first experience with Street Fighter 2 or 3, go for it. Well, it's, so so yeah, if you have a modern console, did was it just PS4 that got the anniversary release? No, they all got it. P- so PC, go, PS4, Go XBox 1. Go get the any fight stick Download the game. It's going to be so much better than this. And plug it in. It doesn't matter. It Capcom. I mean, it's not we've, absolutely we've, we've criticized it a little bit, but to their end, Cap, that's so much. It's so much better They're than. They're trying really hard. Well, it's, it's they, just not right, archaic, this, perfect. It's, right. Yeah, it's they, modern
0: they, technology is not able to emulate properly. The the classic CRTs, the refresh rates, everything, all the original equipment. So if you can go play it there, of course play it there. If you just have the PS4 version and that's your that's your first exposure to it, enjoy practice mode. There's some good things about it. Um, the speed's not perfect. No, it is infinitely better than this, and it costs one fifth of the price. Right. Well, um, yeah. So, depending on whether you have a yeah, you have to have the console, console.
1: or a computer, but any almost any computer can run uh, Anniversary Edition. It, it's not. It's not super heavy, and yeah, if you have every phone I've ever had. Is right? this. So, uh, yeah, it. We know for a fact that the Street Fighter is just going to be an embarrassment. Not to mention not being able to change the speed settings, and who cares? Like, it's you're going to have a 19 inch width. This is not what a competitive Street Fighter player will ever play on. <laughs> if you're playing it. <laughs>
0: Voluntarily, and you're a Street Fighter player, you are being paid by the company to play it. Right. That is the only way well, I would that, ever play it. That's this.
1: what's interesting because all the reviews are on this Street Fighter cab, so it's, it seems like maybe the only one they had finished in time for the reviews. They would have to pay um, me a significant amount of money to compliment this. But. Of course, the people reviewing it, um, uh, f- aren't street fighter players but they also aren't arcade people there and i i want to go ahead and just give a quick shout out and a hate to every one of the reviewers that have given a <laughs> that pretend to like video games and give I, this a positive spin them to play it uh, sure, nothing I, but that yeah, yeah, there I, you go enjoy it right the
2: real answer is anyone who has reviewed this game and said or this system and said that it was good please come to free play. Right. We will show you what super turbo is supposed to be. And we'll show you the community that goes with it.
1: Right. Well, it's just, yeah. So that that's the, the big scare here, right? Is this is going to be how some people are introduced to these games and Awful. it's just going to be sad. So we'll, we'll go ahead and hit up the last cabinet. They've got a final fight cabinet, uh, which might be the most forgiving of all the games they've picked uh, final fight with a joystick and a few buttons or a couple buttons. It's going to be fine. Um, uh, they put 1944 in there, Ghost and Goblins. Uh, let me see what else. Oh, Strider. I mean, that's. Oh
0: my goodness!
1: Interesting lineup. Um, that's probably gonna be their least sold cabinet, but probably the one that works the best for this total garbage. Because <laughs> uh, those are all forgiving games. They're all. None of them have really specific layouts that are needed. None of them. <laughs> so, none of them are gonna be just be awful. I mean, again, Ghost and Goblins, literally the hardest game we have, right? Well, and we have a beautiful dedicated Ghost and Goblins. You won't beat it
0: on the arcade one up version. You won't beat it on the arcade version. So you'll get a similar experience in that, but, uh,
1: I mean, so this is, this is the one I could come close, closest to building a decent version for $300. I mean, obviously I wouldn't have four games, but if I picked one of these games, um, Oh, I think for $300, me, the novice, could build a better version of this for sure. I mean, well, yeah, and that sounds like a challenge. Right. Well, we we, we could certainly. Make it, uh, none of, cause all of these games are just, they're, they're pretty generic in terms of what they require because they're all conversion games. And, uh, I don't know. I don't buy this crap, guys. This is just bad. Uh, this is everything we fear in arcade releases because it, uh, it, it's, it, it's an insult to you. It's the cheap. Consumer. Everything going to a consumer just to get you to, yeah. I mean, buy a modern console for $300 and you're already in, ahead of the... And I don't... I mean, we, we, uh, we're we flying So console, far ahead but, of the game. But yeah, it's it. There the, are
2: lots of options available that emulate. There are lots of modern systems that can play. And we realize we're, we're not impractical people. We just that, went over this.
0: In some cases, buy the authentic arcade machine for well, this.
2: Well, right. But not everyone who wants 60 different games or, you know, 20 different games can have those authentic cabinets. I think that these emulation games... They have a place yes. for someone who wants the occasional just to mess around with this game, but it's clearly not the experience yes. of playing on the original cabinet. That is uh, true. Mame so has a place. Off.
0: I am thankful for Mame. Right? I am thankful that those that that gameplay in its distorted form at the best that they could add, uh, you know, the community could upload them to Mame mm-hmm. for free. For everybody to enjoy once arcades uh, assumed, we had assumed would die. Like, it, it kept it alive. It kept the desire alive. Mm-hmm. And it's helped revitalize this, the it, fact that MAME exists. So I'm thankful for MAME, but not these, these slash and burn, like, ugh. Well, gross. it
2: seems like th- this is just a quick grab at trying to profit off of nostalgia. Right. It's not putting out a quality product. It's, how can we make money and get this into as many people's hands as possible without caring about the quality of that product and how long it will last and what experience people are receiving?
1: Well, and as we get ready to sign off on this podcast, I just want to go ahead and say I am going to be contacted in the next two or three years a million times with people trying to sell these and say, hey, I have these arcades for sale. Yep. And I'm going to Some say, work required." say, please, God, don't give them to me. Throw I we will literally buy one to throw off a roof so that there's one less of these in the world.
2: Stay tuned for that.
1: It is just I would not accept one for free. It is it it is an insult to arcades. It is going to harm these games. It is going to be a I mean the the only potential positive is if somehow you saw this and realized wow if this game was just the real thing it would be better. I'm going to go find an arcade, um and. Honestly, if you want, I'll, I'll tell anyone out there: if you find this in a year or two, and you've you've somehow received an Arcade One Up, and you don't know what to do with it, I will give you a gift card to come visit Free Play a few emulated? times. I know a world record um, holder on an emulated game. We can it, send it to. If you ter- if you turn it into us, we will throw it in the dumpster. Um, we will not save a single component because not a single component is worth saving. I want to be clear with y'all: there is nothing in these worth saving. We've generally found good things to save, in most. Art, weird arcade th- projects that have come our way. The buttons are garbage. The joysticks are garbage. The LCD is garbage. Of course, the, the construction is garbage. They're going to make you do it at home. Um, and the speaker is not worth anything. The spinner is not worth anything. The trackballs aren't worth anything. These no are No the, real boards. These are not arcades. These are not anything. Um, don't buy them. Please, please don't. Um, if the company would like to email me and try to work this out, you can send all of your prototypes to the trash. <laughs> I want nothing to do with these. I am really sad that they exist. Um and so yeah, I mean, I people say that I'm harsh sometimes. Yeah, but hope I your just paycheck was worth it. But yeah, this is uh these are not made by arcade lovers and they're not going to do any good for arcades. So that is our reviews of the Arcane 1-Up. Uh, Thank go, you. Go to Walmart, get a burger time that fits in your palm of your hand. It's going to be a better, uh, gameplay experience than that. And you won't have to spend $300 for something that you're just going to have to get rid of soon. It is in almost every way. If you've ever received a cheap, uh, air hockey, from a department store that has no air going through. There you go. That's a, that's what to compare this to. That's a good comparison. I was actually thinking about all of the uh, the pop-up
2: basketball games that started appearing on Craigslist, uh, like two years ago.
1: One of those things that, that said arcade realistic basketball that'll try to track your score. There are hundreds of them on (laughs) Craigslist versus the real thing. That's all the same. Yeah. Um, there you go. There are these really, really crappy versions of games that will, some people will spend money on to give to their, Oh, children or relatives or whatever and then the relatives will have to feign appreciation try to enjoy them a little bit and eventually just get rid of them um so don't make that mistake you can you deserve better so Keep uh, it crap. Have you deserve better but seriously i will i will happily dispose of these and i don't know bring you to free play a few times um if you if you're in two or three years you're watching or listening to this podcast and you're like oh my god i have one of those bring it to me i'll throw it away um i'll let you come to free play you can fi- Play the real thing; that'll be awesome. So, I'm not encouraging it. You'll lose a ton of money if you go buy them because I'm only going to let you in a few times. But (laughs) um, so, it's not a good investment. Don't 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 plan your uh, retirement around that. (laughs) But uh, please, please God, I hope these these aren't successful. Um, And I hope everyone at the company that works there that is just a normal employee has a bright and prosperous future. I hope whoever is the these are the brainchild of has a terrible future. Um, So, for that, we are signing Signing off. off. Don't buy arcade one up. By anything else thanks guys